You are listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I am Nick Trellia. I am Philip Andrews. And I am Caleb Brumette. So today we're going to be talking about some wacky news, game show brain teasers, and Hillsdale's big lawsuit with Mizzou. So let's get rolling, as always, with Wacky World. Something you don't see every day. So first off, uh, the headline of this article is Dad charged after tackling son's opponent at high school wrestling match. So after the kid pulled a, a move that the ref deemed illegal, this dad pulled a move that the police deemed illegal. <laughs> Some other parents were quick to join into the brawl, but in the end of it, the student was uninjured despite being body slammed onto the mat. <laughs> I mean, this should prepare the kid pretty well for WWE fighting, right? This kind of thing happens all the time in WWE. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> well, so this dad was arrested on charges of simple assault and disorderly conduct, and next he'll be grappling with the legal system. <laughs> Classic dad move right there. All right. So coming out of Fox News headline, British lawyer claims he killed Fox with baseball bat while wearing wife's kimono sparks backlash investigation. So there is a bit to this story that we got to get into. So this prominent lawyer in London on December 26th tweeted out, keep in mind, 3.10 a.m. local time, (laughs) tweeted Quote, already this morning, I have killed a fox with a baseball bat. How's your boxing day going? (laughs) (laughs) Happens all the time. Uh, So, obviously, as you would expect, people started asking what the heck he was talking about. 11.9 thousand people, in fact, either retweeted or replied wondering what was going on. He explained that he has chickens in his backyard and that a fox was getting too close to the chickens and uh, that the chickens were distressed, and he raced out, and he dispatched he, he dispatched the fox with the first weapon he had on hand, a baseball bat, all the while wearing his wife's undersized green kimono. <laughs> I think that's the interesting part of the story right, there. Right. Um, what was going on prior to this? <laughs> uh, so the only explanation he gives, and this is the best explanation you can probably give given the circumstances, he was, quote, he, he was nursing a hangover is what he says. <laughs> That actually explains a lot. So my conclusion, that translates to, I don't know why I'm wearing my wife's kimono, so stop asking. (laughs) Uh, So he was actually under attack. Uh, There were a lot of people who reported him eventually to the RSPCA, which is kind of the uh, British version of uh, what we have. What what, what is it called? Like PETA here? Is that so? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty Against Animals. And they tweeted out we're aware of a situation regarding a fox and would like to reassure people that we're investigating due to a very high volume of tweets unfortunately we can't respond to every single one and are unable to provide further comment right now thank you for your understanding so after the rspca tweeted this out he got a little bit of backlash and he tweeted that he was surprised that his whole quote tooth and nail experience was getting such a vile response is that some sort of sick pun (laughs) tooth and nail (laughs) that's awful so this guy then had to go out and defend the defense of his of his chickens by saying no one should relish killing animals and i certainly didn't but if you hadn't been up close to a large trapped fox perhaps reserve judgment i'm not going to judge him for that but i will judge him for the kimono caleb what have you got all right so my headline is kansas man asks a judge to allow him to have sword fight with ex-wife he said he wanted to battle his ex-wife and her attorney And he also asked the judge for 12 weeks postponement of the trial so he could obtain Japanese samurai swords. 
Wait, did he want to fight them at the same time? To, uh, like, like no, he actually he actually stated that the attorney could represent his wife oh, okay. in, the, in the fight. <laughs> so he said he said his goal in engaging in the fight was that he wanted to quote rend their souls end quote from their bodies, and that the reason he requested this duel was that he thought his request was on the same level of absurdity as the requests of his ex's attorney, and added that his wife could choose her attorney as his champion. <laughs> <laughs> The court stated that irregularities on both sides of the issue made it difficult to proceed <laughs> and that the proper proceedings would have to occur to move forward as if that wasn't ob- already obvious enough. So for the wife, I guess it doesn't matter how good her attorney is at practicing law. He just wanted him to be really good at right. sword fighting. <laughs> right, right. Okay. You're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And uh, this week, we are going to be debuting a new weekly segment on The Loft called Ask Hillsdale, uh, where we go out and ask students. Uh, We interrupt them while they're studying, socializing, eating. We don't really care. We're going to shove a mic in their face and ask them questions. And uh, for our debut episode, we thought Hillsdale students are considered pretty smart. And uh, Hillsdale students also are known to know a lot about American history. So we decided to go out and give an American history quiz to the students of Hillsdale College. Here we go. How many amendments are there in the U.S. Constitution? In the Constitution? They're after the Constitution, so they're not part of it. How many amendments have been made to the Constitution? Well, that was partly a cop-out, but I think it's it's in the 20s. So 24? It is actually 27. 27, darn. Well, okay. I'm all right with that. I, I'd, write, I'd like to get rid of a couple of them anyway. How many amendments are there to the U.S. Constitution? How many amendments? It's more than 20. 29. Too high. 23. Kind of low? 27. That is correct. Yeah. Which U.S. president was the first to appear on television? Beats me. <laughs> Who was the first American president to appear on television? FDR. That is correct. Who was the first American president to appear on television? Uh, isn't this a radio program? Who was the first American president to appear on TV? Oh my gosh. I've got no clue. When were TVs invented? (laughs) Who was the first president to live in the White House? George Washington. <laughs> That's actually incorrect. Who was the first president to live in the White House? James Adams. James Adams was not a president. James Madison is what I meant to say. <laughs> it's actually John Adams. You're so close. <laughs> what year did World War II start? 1939. <laughs> that is correct. What year did World War II start? Oh, I know this. 1914. That's 13. World War I. Wait, that was World War One. Sorry. Okay, World War II. 39? Yes. Yes! I knew it. Who is the only U.S. president to serve non-consecutive terms? Cleveland? Yeah, that's right. Let's go! So uh, thank you to all the participants. Uh, If you're a student on Hillsdale, keep an eye out. You might see us running around and uh, may end up on the radio. You're listening to The Loft on 101.7 Radio Free Hillsdale. Next up, we're going to look at why your intuition can be very wrong sometimes.
So, the Monty Hall problem. Uh, this problem is named after Monty Hall, the longtime host of the TV show Let's Make a Deal. And when I first read about this, I refused to believe the answer to this puzzle. It, it took me forever, really, to convince myself uh, that the answer wasn't what I thought it was at first. So hopefully we can shorten this process for all of you and make the situation just as intriguing as it was for me when I first heard it. So here's the scenario uh, present on the game show. There's three doors in front of you, and behind two of these doors are goats. Behind one of them is a new car. So contestants get to pick a door, and if they pick the car... Uh, they get to keep it. So just for example, uh, Caleb, let's say you're the contestant and you get to choose a door. Which door would you like to choose? Door one, two, or three? Uh, let's go with door two. Okay. Now uh, let's see what's behind door three. And it is a goat. Haha. Um, and now and on TV show, Monty will always show one of the, uh, the goat doors at this point. Now, Caleb, are you still feeling confident in your answer? Would you like to switch your guess? I'll stay with door two. Okay, and this is really interesting part of the problem right here because most people, after they see uh, one of the doors is a goat, uh, they feel like they they haven't lost yet and they're getting closer to the r the right choice, and so they they tend to stick with their original pick. But that's actually completely wrong. So what do you think your odds of winning would be, Kaleeb, right now when you see two doors in front of you and you know one is a goat and one's a car? I mean, I want to say fifty-fifty, but that's probably wrong. Right, and it it seems like it has to be fifty-fifty. But it's not, and you've actually messed up, and you should have switched your guess if you wanted to. Uh, <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I think the easiest way to explain this is just to break the problem down into three possible cases. So there's three possible paths. You either pick door one, door two, or door three uh, at the start. So in case one, let's say you pick the door that has the car. Monty's going to show you a goat door, and then if you stay with your original pick, you'll win. Now in the other two cases, two and three, you're going to pick a goat door for the first guess, and Monty's going to show you the other goat door. So in both of those, you should switch your original pick if you want to win the car. So what that means is in two out of three cases, if you would have switched your pick, you're going to win. And in one case, if you switch your pick, you're going to lose. So basically, your odds of winning if you switch your guess every single time are 66% or two-thirds. And if you stay with your original guess, you're only going to win a third of the time, which it's just super counterintuitive because you'd think, oh, it has to be 50-50 if I'm looking at these doors and there's two in front of me, one's a car and one's a goat. But no, because you've, you've got additional information as soon as he opens that, that door that has a goat in it. That's so strange. Yeah. And if you find this really interesting, uh, there's lots of videos out there with other explanations uh, if you just search the Monty Hall problem. Thanks, Phil. That's really interesting. You're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. And this last weekend, we had one of the biggest fights in UFC recently, Conor McGregor making his return to the octagon, and he defeated Donald Cerrone with a TKO, a technical knockout, in only 40 seconds. Wow. So just in comparison, uh, in the time that it took McGregor to TKO Cerrone, I couldn't even make popcorn in that time because I missed the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, McGregor could have TKO'd Cerrone three times while well, time it takes me to brush my teeth. Uh, you could have washed your hands incredibly well. Uh, so if 15 <laughs> minutes saves you 15% on your car insurance, you could save two-thirds of a percent on car insurance in that time. <laughs> <laughs> so believe it or not, uh, this is not actually the shortest UFC fight of all time. In 2006, uh, Ludwig knocked out Goulet in only six seconds. Coming back into the octagon for the first time at his newfound Let's 170 go. pounds is Bang Ludwig. Really interesting. Oh! 
So that's the average amount of time that you spend stopped at a traffic light is six seconds. The shortest of all time was on in July of 2019. Uh, Mazda knocked out Askren in only five seconds. The fight clock is brought to you by Mazda. Oh! That was absolutely ridiculous. So, Caleb, what exactly yes. was that move that he did to knock him out? I have no idea. That was a crazy, crazy move. <laughs> he, like, jumped right on top of him. Yeah. It was some kind of a throw. I'm not really sure exactly what it's called. But Mazdaval is definitely one of the up-and-coming fighters and should be watching him in the next year. I just feel bad for all the people that paid to watch the McGregor Cowboy fight. Oh. <laughs> that really lasted. Yep. Yeah, we almost we almost paid for that one, didn't we? It would have been forty nine ninety nine for ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> Do you realize we'd be paying over a dollar a second for that fight? (laughs) Speaking of big money, uh, we got a headline keeping it in-house this time. It is the Hillsdale Collegian. Hillsdale settles with Mizzou. College to receive $4.7 million from the University of Missouri after mishandling of funds. So kind of in a roundabout way, Mizzou has become one of Hillsdale's largest donors. So Hillsdale College will receive almost $4.7 million after settling out of court with the University of Missouri. So the settlement comes after Hillsdale filed a lawsuit against Mizzou in 2017 after it was discovered that the institution mishandled a $5 million donation left by Mizzou alumnus Sherlock Hibbs, who passed away in 2002. Before he passed away, Mr. Hibbs tasked Hillsdale College with overseeing the gift and ensuring that it was being used properly. Mizzou pledged in a statement that it would spend the $4.4 million of the original gift to, quote, fund professorships consistent with Hibbs' intent to promote the teaching of free and open market economics to MU students. Hillsdale in the lawsuit, however, argued that Mizzou took no such steps to hire any employees, any professors who were consistent with Hibbs' wishes. As part of the agreement, Mizzou was required to report to Hillsdale every four years how the funds were being used. The university did not consistently report, which led to the investigation by Hillsdale. The investigation determined that the funds were not being used in accordance to Mr. Hibbs' wishes, and Hillsdale took Mizzou to court to recover the funds. Throughout the course of the negotiations, the University of Missouri officials decided that the most fiscally responsible thing to do would be to split the endowment, which had now grown to $9.2 million, and settle out of court. And uh, that's that. You're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. It's now time for our game portion of the show. Um, Let's uh, get it started with the rules for our initials quiz. All right. So the initials of a particular famous individual will be given, followed by a series of clues. As soon as one of the contestants thinks they know the answer, they will call their own name, which will act as their buzzer, giving them time to guess. If they get the answer right, they will win the round. If they are wrong, they are out for the remainder of the round. All right. So round number one, your initials are P.S. This individual is an actor who was knighted by Queen Elizabeth for services to drama in 2010 and has been called the best dramatic television actor of the 80s. Clue number two. He began his career on the stage, winning accolades for performances of Shakespeare and eventually moving on to British and American television and movies. Clue number three. His most famous roles placed him in central roles in the X-Men and Star Trek franchises. Nick, is it? Patrick Stewart. It is Patrick Stewart. All right. Oh, that's a good one. 
All right, round number two, your initials are J.H. First clue, this person was one of the greatest singer-songwriters of the 1960s, pioneering the genre of psychedelic rock. Clue number two, he is generally regarded as one of the greatest guitarists of all time, and his cover of All Along the Watchtower won the greatest praise of original writer Bob Dylan. Nick, is it Jimi Hendrix? It's Jimi Hendrix. Of the Jimi Hendrix experience. You are all over this today, man. I'm just lucky. Yeah, right. (laughs) Round three. Your initials are M.M. This person is an American senator who has served the state of Kentucky since 1985. This person is a Republican and has been a party leader since 2007. This person is currently the Senate Majority Leader and is in charge of managing the President's impeachment trial. Nick, is it Mitch McConnell, also known as the Turtle? <laughs> the Turtle Man. It is Mitch McConnell. All right. Ever so slightly behind on that. Uh, I don't know much about politics. All right, round four. Your initials are GR. This person is a professor at the Colorado School of Mines. This person... <laughs> Nick... How? Really? Is it George Roche? <laughs> what? Who is yes, George is. Roche? Yeah, I've never heard of George The previous Roche. president of Hillsdale College. Oh I didn't even get goodness. to that clue. <laughs> oh my goodness. I thought the freshman would get this. Oh my goodness. Quote, photographic memory. I don't know. I'm kind of starting to believe it. But yes, I thought, I thought it was fake before Phil, this point. I cannot forget things. I except people's it, names. I suck at I still think names. it's fake, but we're going to win one here. I promise. <laughs> All right, oh. let's make a team effort here, Phil. Okay. okay. Round five. Oh. Your initials are HH. Um, this person was a 19th century German physicist. They were the first to prove the existence of electromagnetic waves. And this person has a unit of frequency named after him. Nick. <laughs> Is it Hertz? He doesn't. Yeah. What's his first name? Yeah. Heinrich. Yep. Oh, oh man, I, I was buzz. right about to say that. I couldn't buzz in because I didn't know his first name. Yeah, I was searching same. my brain rapidly. All right. I should just guess on six. that. Dude, I I thought of the first male German name that yeah. started with an H. I, could I think thought of. that was a guess. Okay. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> round six. Go ahead. All right. Your initials are W H. This person was a 20th century German physicist, early pioneer of quantum physics and they developed the famous uncertainty principles of quantum physics. What were the initials again? W-H. Nick. His last name is Heisenberg. His first name is... He doesn't know. uh, He doesn't know. Wilfred. You have the last name right. All right, we got two choices. Two two choices here. (laughs) Okay. Wait, are there any more clues? Nope. Oh, darn. Um... Just go through all the W German male names. Can only think of British names to start with W. William? No, that's not it. Uh, no. This is painful. That would be incorrect, Phil. Thank you. I haven't said my name yet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's not an official answer. Oh my goodness. Well, Wilbur. Wilbur is not a German <laughs> name, is it? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> but that's wrong. His first name was got? Werner. 
That's uh, it. Oh, what? That's not a W. Yeah, it is. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> I think we give it to Nick. <laughs> yeah, let's okay. give it to Nick. All right. All right. So that's Nick with six. And Jeez. Phil and Caleb oh have goodness. zero between them. Now, I was just really lucky this week. We'll have to see what happens next time. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We release new episodes every Friday, so stay tuned.